Hello and welcome. You are listening to Living La Viva Voce. My name is Adam. My name is Meg. And this week we are talking about the word MasterCard, or at least that is what I told Meg to talk about. Let's see how far she deviates from it. So Meg, this week, what are you drinking? I am drinking leftover limoncello from uh, the week prior. How about yourself? I'm cutting limoncello with sours. Wretched. That is a diabetic's worst nightmare. Yes, and I'm compounding that with a bit of chocolate. Terrifying. That's so much sugar. There's a lot of sugar, isn't it? I, I, I don't think I'm drunk on alcohol. I think I'm drunk on sugar. Wretched. Anyway, um, do you want to do a bit of banter before we start, or should oh we just gosh, get going? Oh gosh, I like how you've set it up. I don't know. I mean, what have what have we been up to? It's summer. We're wrapping up. I'm wrapping up an assignment of mine for my masters. Um, you know, part of the PhD. Okay, program. that's enough banter. That's enough. <laughs> God. Let's talk about MasterCard. <laughs> Great. I, I bet you listeners always prefer whenever Adam has to speak and present because I'm the one that does the intro and outro and I kind of like set a beautiful ambiance as it were for the podcast as opposed to you where you, you know, do our standard introduction, immediately put me in the spotlight and then slag me off the job. <laughs> I thought we'd do a more Taskmaster thing. And I Good thought, stuff. I think the problem is we're both trying to play Greg Davies. <laughs> Just two, six, seven giants, albino giants ready to take on the world. Okay. I don't know if he'd appreciate that. You've got to bear in mind, he's also got the beer belly. This is true. I know you can be six, seven and have a beer belly. Hang on. I mean, I appreciate Greg Davies, but hang on. All right. Okay, let's talk about MasterCard. Okay. So the name of my talk, and I, I always write my stuff down. Adam puts his stuff on a Word document or, or something of that nature, like, like like on his laptop. I always write it down on spare paper, so I don't want you peeking. I can't read your handwriting. Excellent. So the name of my presentation, this is going to be really sloppy because I'm very drunk. The name of my presentation is going to be called, What is the MasterCard? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> It's a trap. <laughs> it's a tarp, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so my topic this week is obviously MasterCard. Okay, let me begin a little bit by talking about um, MasterCard, capital M, capital C, TM, TM, TM. So I'm going to tell you, I think you do know to an extent what MasterCard is. Um, it is, uh, you know, debit, credit, like prepaid cards and stuff like that. It was created in response. Boo, boo, to um, the Bank AmeriCard, which okay. uh, later became Visa. Sure. Uh, the Bank AmeriCard uh, was an unmitigated disaster in the 1950s um, when it kind of, I don't know, began. Mm -hmm. uh, but it actually started to turn a profit pretty quick. This is really fun. Uh, in the early 1960s, they actually, um, the Bank of America actually kept their profit and growth a complete secret to ward off competition. <laughs> and they kept it a secret until they couldn't hide the growth anymore. Wow. Mm -hmm. So MasterCard was created in response to this. The original name for this card was Master Charge colon the Interbank Card. 
Uh, it was called Inner Bank in 1966 and Master Charge in 1969 to 1979. Um, and eventually, I think in the 1980s, it got kind of like coalesced to MasterCard. Okay, so what else? Oh, this is a really fun uh, piece of, I don't know, news or fact or whatever. So, so did you know, Adam, that in the 1960s, you know, there was this huge boom in credit cards? I, I did, actually. Okay. And uh, I'm going to ask you a question now. Oh, God. Did you do your research? Did you do that? Uh, I did do some research. Okay, what's your question? What was the first debit stroke credit card ever developed okay well i don't know that what was it, it was diners club oh really it was diners club yeah so they, okay. they were they were actually so yeah we don't think of diners club much anymore do yeah. we like yeah it, it and a lot of companies like you know famously like you have stuff like we don't take amex we don't yeah. take diners club we don't yeah. take discover right uh but diners club was the first can i just say this is i think partially because credit cards are always quite um quite precarious right and especially at the beginning there were care there were credit yeah. cards that launched into popularity and folded. Did you know that from 1960 to 1966, there were 10 new cards introduced, okay? Then from 1966 to 1968, two years, do you know how many new cards were introduced? Oh my Lord, are you gonna say something like a thousand or something? No, not that high, but 440. That's crazy yeah. though, that's crazy but, high. But, okay, so can I just draw a parallel here? Sure. Because this is literally just like cryptocurrencies right now. Okay. Right, like we've got thousands of cryptocurrencies coming onto the market right now, and you know, load of them will fold within a year, two years, yeah. three years, whatever. Right, they'll disappear. Anyways, my talk, ladies and gentlemen, it is not about Mastercard. Instead, the talk is called "What is the Mastercard." I'm going to be talking about several different kinds of cards. I'm going to divvy up my presentation into three th categories. Plastic, paper, and e-card. <laughs> <laughs> With paper, um, I'm going to be focusing on games, collectibles, fortune-telling, and greeting cards. Okay, good. With plastic, I'm going to be talking about bank cards, keys, and gift cards. Okay. With e-cards, um, I something I think is just absolutely interesting. Something that is not even tangible. I, I think it kind of goes into the gift card category, right? Something of like I, monetary value. I don't like I don't like e-cards. Well, anyways, you could share that thought towards the end of my presentation. <laughs> Let's start with uh, paper. Okay. First fun fact that I think is actually very apt to not only uh, where I hope to settle in uh, the fall, um, but also very. Uh, relevant to our PhD careers. Did you know that at Columbia University in New York, the Albert Field collection of playing cards actually holds the largest collection of playing cards in the world? What, what do we mean by playing? What do we mean like like Pokemon, stuff like that? What are we talking no, about? No, 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 we're talking about oh, like, um, like, poker, like, 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 like the kind of like, like playing proper, cards. Proper like classic playing cards, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, what um, does that mean, largest collection? Like just different packs? So 600 uh, plus sets and decks from over 50 countries, ranging back from the 1550s. Okay, so these aren't just like your run-of-the-mill, like just a bunch of different brands. No, these no, are no. Like, these are more like historic artifacts of like playing cards through the ages. Exactly, but yeah. I, nevertheless, I think it's really interesting that 
it's at Columbia. And listeners, you never know. When I get to New York eventually, I might go pay a visit. And play take some. Take some photos and post it onto our um, Facebook site, Living Love Anyways, um, playing cards and um, tarot cards, games that involve, um, you know, cards cards against humanities uh q um any kind of board game i think likes to involve some sort of like little paper um deck of some kind i think it provides a lot of options it kind of adds the idea of probability um even for games that don't um predominantly rely on cards and it's also a source of randomness right i think this is the thing the big thing in sort of games design is that with cards, it's very easy to create an infinite amount of randomness, right? Or not infinite, mathematically speaking, but infinite enough that humans can't observe, right? Exactly. Um, but, you know, like you said, with randomness comes um, with playing cards, especially the French deck. The French deck is what we call, you know, your spades, clubs, hearts, diamonds, right? Okay. Which is really interesting. Um, that comes gambling, that comes magic, you know, David Blaine, all of that business. Um, with tarot cards, it comes fortune telling. It's, it's this idea that, like, if you draw the right card... Um, you will be told like some sort of like proper message or there's there's a kind of surrender I suppose that you have with drawing a card that it it'll tell you something that is completely beyond your control I think humans relationship with like entropy and randomness is really interesting and particularly how we look for we we almost use randomness and entropy as a test of what is a test of a higher power or a god to provide us insight that we otherwise don't have yeah and i think it's really interesting that you know uh 52 pieces of paper with you know two colors and a couple of images are able to kind of give you that either comfort or sense of risk right i think that's really interesting but that being said there's also different um kinds of cards like collectibles right sports cards you have hockey cards baseball cards um soccer cards things of that nature you have play trading cards um pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, magic um i don't know what it was like for you in elementary school that was a huge thing magic I, the game magic I, whatever i don't I, I pokemon was our big thing right like i mean i've got i think i probably still have a deck of pokemon cards if i went and looked That's for them delightful i i too have a huge deck of pokemon cards. i don't know where they are exactly but i'm sure they're up there somewhere i yeah. can probably go and find them Did you, okay i have a question for you were cards of that nature you know pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, um magic were they ever banned at your school there was a lot of posturing over banning them because obviously a lot of kids got like conned out of cards. You know, bear in mind, yeah. When I first got into Pokemon, I got conned out of some really good cards. I got given like a hundred energy cards for like one like like shiny Charizard or something, right? Yeah. By like oh, I can't remember his no. name. Whatever, right? But and no, you're wrong. Like I mean, you know, as a kid. You, because I didn't have an appreciation for it, right? I try, sort of got into Pokemon because I was like, I need to understand what everyone else is making a fuss about. Mm-hmm. Um, which is even funnier because you've got to bear in mind, obviously, with Pokemon, there's a whole game around it, right? I don't think anyone in our school ever... Yeah, no, 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 no. ...ever actually played a Pokemon Ladies game. Ladies and gentlemen, Pokemon, the proper game, that's, that's not what's important here. What I want to talk about is the way that pieces of paper with images printed on it if they have proper like holograms or whatever can accrue an insane amount of value over time um, as well as the amount of kind of popularity uh, targeted towards adults right so for instance we have a good friend who um 
works at like a toy store or like at a a location um, that, you know, is supposed to target children, right? And she works in a kind of area of the store that involves a lot of... um, I think we can say the store. It's Toys R Us. Toys R Us, yeah. Involves a lot of like, what do they call Like little figures and cards, video games and stuff like that. And she said overwhelmingly the clients are adults. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also know for a fact that, you know, there are Pokemon cards that, you know, you kind of purchase in a pack for $5 or whatever, mm-hmm. and now they're worth like 300 bucks. Like, that's an insane amount of growth. I think also, though, I think this is maybe an interesting thing, is I am very curious as to how well Pokemon is being sustained in the next generation. I'm not talking about sure. our generation. I'm talking about... I'm talking about maybe even your sister's generation, right, who grew up on iPads, grew up on iPhones, stuff like that. The idea of holding a deck of paper cards. I know. Or having a binder or like a laminated card. Yeah, laminated, you know, putting them in something or whatever, right? It it must seem so much more alien to them. And I think the thing that's really given Pokemon value is actually not so much that um, it's matured or anything. Because I don't think Pokemon's changed dramatically. I think it's that the spending power of the generation that got into Pokemon has increased dramatically in the past sort of 10 years, right? Yeah. From being the, like, 12-year-olds that are trying to buy, like, a We're booster like, oh, pack. like, five bucks. Exactly. To, like, you know, someone who's on a 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 grand salary a yeah. year who can go, I want a $300 Pokemon card that reminds me of my youth for... Good or for bad. Okay, well, you actually made a really good co- like good point because I'm going to kind of talk about um, millennials and their role in the surge of greeting cards. Are we going to slag off some millennials? Uh, yeah, we might be slagging off not only people in their 30s, but also um, folks who are in their mid-20s like ourselves. Okay, <laughs> what is the master card? Is it trading cards? You know, like those kinds of sports cards? Um, you know, playing a playing deck, tarot cards. Uh, what about gift cards? So, you know, I think they're really interesting because they're kind of this, you know, plastic, both in the sense of like the, the material, but also plastic in the sense of like like fluidity, kind of like, you know, different forms, um, conduit of cash. And that, you know, if you give someone a, a gift card, you're basically telling them, I'm giving you this kind of uh, value, this limit, and you can get whatever the hell you want. Right, like sure. I'm not going to be the one making no. that kind of decision. Are we? Are we? So, out of curiosity, for sort of North American listeners, and because obviously you're North American, mm-hmm. do you have like the concept of like Mastercard prepaids? Okay, I'm up, I'm going to get into that first. Um, I found this interesting 2019 article called "The Rise of the Gift Card Millennials and Digital Gifting." It's by this person, um, Elliot Priest. It's interesting. Forty percent of millennials in 2019. Uh, purchased and and gave out gift cards at least once every three months that's crazy and that's compared to 26 percent of gen x so people um who are our parents age and 40 percent baby boomers so it's quite a big difference yeah i mean i'm not surprised by the by the baby boomers and well maybe a little bit by the gen x but i i honestly can say i'm just thinking now i don't think i've bought a gift card for someone else in 10 years that's really interesting you might be the exception frankly because i just i don't see the point in i might as well just give you cash okay hang on because reasons for gift cards and and you know definitely a surge in popularity is both flexibility and for people who have everything right so like not only do you not want to kind of 
get something that someone will either inevitably refund or not use. But you want to tell that person, you know what, let me just give you the money. But I'm not going to give you like pure hard cash. I'm going to give you something that kind of gives you a kind of restriction and then you go all out. Like I, I honestly, and this might be, this might be a working class mindset. This might be a sort of gypsy mindset that's been imposed by sort of my dad and stuff. But I honestly think that a gift card is kind of insulting. Really? I, I, I disagree with that. That's really interesting. I don't, I like, because it's like, I want to seem like I care, but I don't. Yeah, sure. That's right? a common criticism that gift cards get, is this kind of, like, distancing and yeah. just lack of care. Like, right? you know, don't get me wrong. Like, for me, yeah, if you don't... If you, and, and bear in mind, I'm a difficult person to buy for. I know I'm a difficult yeah. person to buy for because I'm a very stoic person. I can function on about six items in my entire life, right? Like... I need a computer, a phone, a car, and that's probably about it, right? And to be honest with you, I could do with any make or model of any of those things, right? Don't get me wrong, I like a half-decent phone, I like a half-decent car, I like a half-decent computer, but if any or all of them were gone, that would be fine by me. But I think that makes me a very difficult person to buy for, because I don't want like material goods and stuff like that. Mm. But I definitely don't want a gift card. I definitely yeah, it's a bit don't. Of, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth. Okay, let me share you, though, because, you know, you're someone who doesn't particularly enjoy gift cards, but what are the, quote, best or, quote, top-selling or, quote, might I add, master cards, um, kind of gift cards that are um, sold and, you know, procured and then later gifted? Um, you can you can answer both in a British or an American um, kind of uh standpoint I've, I've kind of taken that into consideration i'm gonna guess particularly if we're talking about millennials sure there's some kind of um experience element to these cards some of them right it's gonna get wild i will not tell okay. you it's so, correct i will not tell you what that specifically so is. so a lot it's gonna break your heart a lot in the uk is like days out and i think actually you'll find that virgin is a big one on this like Go and race this sports car for the day. Go and paragliding, stuff like that. And it only like counts for like ten percent of the cost or something, right? But it, it, you know, um, I I guess food, and I guess um, my third one, I mean clothes or something, right? Some clothes retailers. Yeah, like. I'm gonna say you're partially correct. I'm not so much for the food actually, but definitely for both experience and for kind of household items. I'm gonna take that kind of into account. Okay. Uh, top. Top selling gift card, unsurprisingly, Amazon. I don't think okay, that's, I yeah, don't know that's no, a surprise. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, other top ones. In and I think that's the most insulting of all, right? Is it? Because that's like saying, I've got you the most generic gift card. Ever. Yeah. If you gave someone a gift card from Amazon, just give them cash. Yeah. Just give them cash. A, from a moral standpoint of not shoehorning them into using Amazon if it goes against their ethical beliefs, which I might add... Let's just bear in mind, Amazon does not have the moral high ground in anything. Anything. <laughs> Anyways, um, from an American, uh, you know, environment, Target, Nordstrom, um, Ikea. Okay. So those are, no, no, but those are like kind of big box kind of stores, Yeah, you're right? going to get Walmart. most things in them, right? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't like that. I think that's too generic. Anyways, anyways, let me continue from a British standpoint. Primark. Of course. John Lewis. Yeah, no, M &S, I can see that. Marks yep. and Spencers. Um, 
restaurant cards. So you were, you know, you're yeah. that was kind of towards the end of okay. the list. So I think this isn't surprising, particularly in British, because you have bear in mind, in the UK, on average, everyone eats out once a week. And you guys have a lot of like kind of chain restaurants that will allow for those kinds of I, cards. I think we eat out here more than probably many places anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I think eating out is a big thing here. Yeah. Etsy. So that's kind of your kind like special like yeah, homemade sure. kind of thing. Visa. So like this is your literal. It's just cash. Yeah. I. I. I mean, in fairness, I mean, I can see that. I. That's probably the few that I would agree with. Right. It's like. It, maybe I'd buy you a card as opposed to cash, right? Yeah. And then, you know how you talked about experience? Like, oh, I'm going to take you on a golf... Sure, like a yeah. golf journey or like a go-kart or whatever. Yeah. College loans in America. Is that not dystopian? So you can buy gift cards for yeah. college? Is that not... That's but messed up, If you it? live in the US and this doesn't alarm you and this doesn't make you go to the streets... You are the problem. It's crazy, isn't it? It's, it's basically for um, high school graduates or, you know, people in college and stuff like that for any kind of occasion or for their parents or whatever. You buy them a, a, a plastic card, a card that represents money that you put into either paying tuition or into their overall, like, you know, Cost loan or whatever. Their, whatever exactly. Right. Is that not crazy? I think that's insane. I don't know how common it is, but I saw this online and I was nevertheless but perturbed. That's like late stay capitalism yeah. bullshit isn't it, it is. right like at least most countries have the dignity to have shame of their like student loan system right america seems to be commercializing it for everything they can anyways one last type of mastercard and then i suppose we'll end our discussion with what is the mastercard okay greeting cards and, and i say this because you know it's interesting, I think, with a lot of playing cards, tarot cards, sports cards, trading cards, um, you know, gift cards and stuff like that. I'm really interested. I'm actually really interested in cards because, like, they're kind of this piece of paper that intrinsically holds no value, right? It's something like printed on or we, it's something we've kind instilled of embedded. Value into exactly, it. something we've instilled value in, and it's something that's kind of. Um, intrinsically passed around, and I think gift card, uh, greeting cards rather, are, are you know are a really good example of that. I don't like greeting cards either. Okay, well, let me share with you some facts before some sort of stats and stuff like that before you go on your um, inevitable rant. So Walmart, Target, and stuff like a lot of big box stores, you'll be pleased to know that in twenty twenty one they have scheduled to discontinue and shut down a lot of their greeting card sections. Okay, okay, I mean. I don't know what it is about greeting cards that I don't like. I just find them such a waste, right? Like, you get them a week before the event, normally your birthday or Christmas. I give you greeting cards, though. I give you You do cards. give me greeting cards. And don't get me wrong, I... And I, you despise them. You spit on them. You rip them up. I You're appreciate... Like, disgusting. No, I appreciate the thought, but ultimately, like, you just kind of chuck them in the bin, right? Can I just say, you've never given me a proper greeting card, and I do really appreciate greeting cards. <laughs> uh, Listeners... Um, what about the photo album? That's not a greeting card, bitch! Uh, it's cards with, with... Heart- that ain't no greeting card! It's got card. heartfelt messages on the back of every photo. Do you know at least the British origins of the greeting card? The commercial greeting card? Oh, God, is it going to be something Dickensian? It, yeah, it is actually Dickens. It's quite, re- like, recent in the relative kind of scheme. Go on, make, make, make me sad. 1930s, Christmas, Victorian. Right? So, like... 1930s? Or, sorry, 1830s. I'm drunk. I'm okay. drunk. But I don't 
mean, that's a big surprise, right? Like the kind of um, first commercial what, so, Christmas greeting so, so, card. So 1930, uh, 1830s, 1830s yeah. what Victorians just sort of rock up and start going, you know what, we're going to start sort of sending cards to each other with Christmas shit on it. Yeah, exactly. There's no, you haven't got any more preface to that, have you? I mean, we could share a picture of it later on on our Facebook, but there's not a lot for me to describe. No, well, no, because I think, honestly, I, I'm, that surprises me because, like, a lot of British Christmas culture has been formed by Victoria now, but, right, like, even down to the Christmas tree, right, um, which obviously, I mean, you presumably heard, like, the famous story of how, how Britain came to, like, use Christmas trees. No, but I bet it'll be wretched. So it was basically just a gift from Prince Albert's family in Germany. Because in Germany, obviously, they, they put Christmas trees up. Yeah, Tannenbaum forever. or whatever. Yeah, whatever, right. Um, and obviously, sort of, it emerged. that sort of, like, the more British people started copying it, right. It's that typical, like, sycophantic, like, trickle-down effect, essentially. As you can right. tell, Adam absolutely hates holidays. Anyways, moving no, on. No, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't hate. I, I, I absolutely don't hate He's holidays. He's a Scrooge McDuck. I absolutely don't. I love holidays. But I think greeting cards are wasteful because I think, you know, environmentally they're just a disaster. They right? are a disaster. And, you know, inevitably you get them, you put them on your piano or your, your or your shelf. That's a very middle class option. Piano, shelf, um, like hearth, whatever, right? You leave them there for two weeks and then you, you either, you either do one of two things. Everyone does one of two things with greeting cards. They put them all together into one, like... Clump. Like, bundle, right? Yeah. And then stick them in a drawer. And then eventually they get thrown away ten years later when you're like, I've got to get rid of all these greeting cards from, like, ten years ago. Or you just throw them away. And that is the... You bite the bullet. That is the worst one, right? Because you feel guilty. Because you think, this person's taken the time to send me this heartfelt message. Sometimes it's just the card itself. Sometimes it's got a message in it. I actually do have a tendency, if someone's written, like, like a letter in it or something. Yeah, yeah, you put them up, though. So I don't want to hear I put any them of up. this kind I do of put them up. Um, I do know, put them up. behavior. I do put them up. I do, I do value that because I think that the value isn't... And I don't know if you notice, I always fold them back. I don't even... I don't even preserve the the outside right because I don't care about that. I care about the sentimental value inside, right? Um, but no, I. But most people will just end up biting the bullet and going chuck it in the bin. But I feel guilty when I do that. Okay, let me let me continue. So, do you can you list any just just off the top of your head big um, greeting card companies and and big box stores? Hallmark. Of course, as per our favorite um, channel. Yeah. Uh, also, Carlton, that's a big one. Yeah, Carlton's uh, a American big. Greetings, UK Greetings. Um, and then places that sell them in the UK, WH uh, Smith, Ryman. Uh, these are a couple of primary card and stationery shops, which card are galore. cards galore, which are unfortunately going out of business. Who, Ryman's? Yeah, they're not, I mean, like, they're not going out of business, but they're they're not doing what, they're, you know, they're, yeah, not, but, they're but, not experiencing a boom, let's say. But Ryman's is, is, ba is a, like, a stationery store, right? It's like Staples. It's like the English answer to Staples, right? Yeah. Anyways, um, interesting, interesting statistic. Um, 2019 market report as to green cards. Um, in the UK, at least, uh, 1.7 billion pounds spent on cards in 2018. I'm sorry, so, 1.7 billion, billion pounds. pounds. Yeah. Oh man, UK, get your crap together. <laughs> um, and then overwhelmingly, Gen Z, 
um, spenders, 18 to yeah. 24, uh, buying more than any um, age group overwhelmingly. Well, hold on, really? That's on, on greeting, on physical greeting cards? Physical greeting cards, yep. Isn't that interesting? Is that is that because they mark more events? So it's um number one because of these unique um kind of three D design greeting cards and stuff like that. Two, yeah, no, hang on, uh, you know, for our for our um Facebook posts, uh, whenever this comes out, we'll we'll post a couple of like really beautiful um greeting cards. Two because. They don't have enough money to spend on any like tangible items and so what Oof. that equals to what that equals to is spending you know anywhere between two to ten pounds on a really beautiful uh card and writing something in right like you kind of have that kind of thing where if i can't spell if i can't spend 50 pounds if i can't spend 100 pounds if i can't yeah. spend i don't want to spend like two or three pounds i'm gonna get like you on a really nice greeting card sure, right sure. i mean what I already had a very depressing theory before you told me that one. I I, I, I had it down as presumably that, you know, particularly with, with, with Gen Z, there's so much more noteworthy events, right? Like graduating, right? Like, you know, graduating wasn't necessarily a foregone conclusion. Most people didn't go to university to begin with. So marking graduation wasn't an event for like baby boomers, right? Marking buying a house wasn't really an event for baby boomers because everyone bought a house, right? Who went to work and got a, even a remotely half decent job, right? But I figured that because obviously Gen Zs have these sort of much higher barrier to everything they do, right? Everything's a celebration. Every Well, yeah, everything's a celebration. No, uh, it sounds crazy, but you know, like I think, Although, again, I'm not partial to buying a greeting card. I, I can understand buying a greeting card for housewarming. Yeah. I can understand buying a greeting card for a graduation. No, and let me just say, especially if you can't afford anything else, right? Like, we don't want to mock anyone's, like, no. financial, like, situation. No, right? no. I'm, no, I, again, I, my distaste for greeting cards has nothing to do with me thinking you should spend more money. It just has to do with me thinking that, you know... Sometimes people have assets. Yeah, sentimental value shouldn't be derived from token gestures. It should be derived from true sentimental value. Yeah. Um, and then let me just end really quickly on e-cards, which is something that's been popping up, I think especially um, in the last couple of years, um, definitely prompted um, and spurred by the pandemic, right? Mm. This idea that like, I don't really, number one, I can't really visit you in person. Number two, I don't want to be handing you anything that could spread anything. Sure. So let me just email you a card. And when I left a few jobs, I've gotten a number of Amazon gift cards. If I've um, submitted you know writing to publications sure. they've paid me in you know bookstore gift cards and the like and it's something that i never i never get like a physical copy of but it's something that i store away in my email for a rainy day okay so in fairness i actually can kind of get behind e-cards and my logic is slightly what different. a poser my, my logic is slightly different here because I think there's something intrinsically sentimental about giving someone cash, Are right? Are you serious? But I don't Holy think... Holy crap, but I, I don't disagree think, with that. I don't think me PayPaling you 20 quid... <laughs> Let me send you an envelope of $50 cash. No, but no, I don't think... I don't know, I don't... But I think it's the physical act of giving someone something like... At, I, know, right, I know, obviously, in the pandemic, it's not practical, right? But, like, for me, like, PayPaling someone 20 quid, I think I would prefer to give them an Amazon gift card of 20 quid. 20 quid right okay. and that sounds really weird i know but i i i don't know it, for me like i think that that maybe the sentimentality is not even derived from the giving so much as the physical presence 
I don't know. It it for me something doesn't sit right with me if I was going like I know I've argued for cash all the way through this or like just like give me some money, you yeah. know. But I don't think just like PayPal transfer me twenty quid as a gift is like hmm, no. Let me end my presentation by asking you, what is your MasterCard? What is the best card? And take that in any direction that you will, but keep it keep it tight. Keep it a tight five. Um, what is the best card that you've ever received? Singular. Cards, open bracket, S, close bracket. I don't know. Keep it to the same topic, though, right? Like, don't, don't be, like, listing stuff. I think any kind of game. No, I, it's Aww. lazy, I know. It's like, I, I, Cards Against Humanity, whatever, right? Like, it doesn't matter too yeah. much. I'm not... A couple of friends and myself, we pitched to get you a, a card for your birthday involving a game, right? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Did yeah. I know that? Anyways, it's for Steam, right? Like, one of those oh, Steam cards, Oh, yes, right? right, of course. Yeah, yeah, Although, in, in, in the engine, don't get me hum, humankind. Oh, but we don't want to maybe say the name. I don't know. No, that's fine, because <laughs> okay. it's humankind, right? Yeah. It's, it's game, right? Yeah. Um... But, uh, no, I think for me, cards that you can build experiences around are really special, right? I think that's why Cards Against Humanity is great. I think why any board game, any card game is great, right? Maybe maybe it's the playing card. Maybe it's the humble playing card. Because I think the humble playing card really does have a degree of versatility that is perhaps unmatched. You know, playing cards being around, what, 500 years, something like that? More than that, yeah. 500, more than that, right? But how many memories have been made around playing poker anything blackjack yeah. irish snap i know infinity of games my favorite uh cards when i taught english for the summer um in taiwan at the end of my class they made this very uh kind of palm-sized um little collection of cards that they wrote letters on and polaroids and stuff that Aww. they attached a little um ringlet to and this is, I think, something really beautiful about cards is that not only do they carry the sentimental and this kind of, you know, um, kind of significance, right? It's something that you can carry in your pocket. It's something that's like really like something that you can transport, something that you look at. It reminds you of memories. It brings about fun. It brings about the, ch the risk and, you know, different types of, you know, games. Um, it's something that's gifted. It's something that shows that you care, that you're thinking about someone all the while intrinsically not carrying any kind of value. And I know, you know, there are these kinds of environmental concerns as we go forward, but there is a beauty to it that I think tangible cards of any variety, uh, more so than maybe e-cards, or maybe going forward, maybe e-cards as well. Like, they, it's this special kind of token, I think. That's the proper word, token or gift, um, that you can give to someone to show that you, you're really thinking about them. And that concludes my presentation. I think with cards as well. The master card. I think with cards that one of the things we don't appreciate as people who buy gift cards or cards to give to people, you know, greeting cards, is our job doesn't start, it doesn't end with us picking a greeting card. It starts with us picking a greeting card, right? Mm -hmm. It's what you put in it that I think really gives it the value. And you, you almost made me cry there with the Aww. little ringlet yeah, idea. Yeah, it's really, really sweet. sweet. They made their own, they cut their own little cards and it was so sentimental. It was but wonderful. It's not the... It's not the quality of the workmanship or anything. I'm sure it's, I'm not questioning the workmanship, I'm just, but it's the thought that goes into the message contained in it that's really special. Yeah, me, and I, I think, think there's something really beautiful that 
I think only cards or like the kind of category that cards pertains to that can really convey that. And maybe that's what I really hate is cards for the sake of cards, yeah. not cards that carry true sentimental value. Anyway, I'm happy to award you a University of Cambridgeshire. Oh God, Cambridgeshire, what's that? Cambridge, uh, Cambridgeshire. Paper Chase School of oh, Greeting Card man. Studies. Um, in and it's a PhD in. Um, it's not a proper doctor, it is. In 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 greetings and sentimentality. That's really sweet. Oh. And 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 on that note, I love you. I love you too. Oh, this has been really <laughs> sweet. Yeah, you got into. It's towards the end of the evening. I think we're drunk and sappy. Um, should we should we end should it? Should we off? wrap up? You have been listening to Living Viva Voce. If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not hit the subscribe button on whatever your favorite service is, whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify, or any of the other hundreds of services that we're listed on. Just you know, smash that subscribe button, and you'll get notified every time we broadcast a new episode and that's normally about 5 p.m english time on a friday uh, normally about midday uh, canadian north american yeah, time eastern standard eastern's time yep um if you want to keep up to date on more living voce content you can follow us on twitter at living viva and you can find us on facebook at living la viva voce l-i-v-i-n for both of them anyway I hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will be back next week with yet another instalment. But before we disappear off. Oh God. You know what though? Let me give you a topic now and then we're going to try our best to secure some sort of like guest speaker or something like that, right? Yeah, I think think we'll have a go. If you're listening to this, you're thinking, I could do this. Yeah. Come and shove us. Yeah, come and and message us. Come and... Come in like um, reach you know, out on Twitter, DM us on Twitter or Facebook. If you're a friend of ours who is most likely listening to this, because that's probably our population, uh, just send us a personal message. Okay, N, right? N. Okay, um, I'm gonna give you the topic um, Nicaragua. <laughs> Nicaragua. Yeah. You heard it here first, listeners. Next week I will be talking about Nicaragua. Goodbye. All right, I've been Meg. And I've been Adam. And you've been listening to Live Live in La Viva Voce. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye.